welcome to the Occupied Mind. This is the very first episode, and my name is Alicia Newman, and I am a pop culture junkie. I am always listening to something, be it an audiobook, a podcast, uh, reading a book, listening to music, going to the movies, watching a TV show. I try and stay on the up and up, and I find that my tastes are pretty eclectic, and so I enjoy most things, and I want to share my opinion, so I thought I would start a podcast. I find that the core of the stuff that I like tend to fall into the 80s and horror. So if you gave me like a 80s slasher, I'd be a very happy camper, but I also enjoy a good drama, a great comedy, a good action movie. I'm a sucker for a Japanese horror. I love Japanese horror. Music, anything except rap and country, I'm pretty much open to it all. Uh, books, I, I will read almost anything. So I thought I would do my very first episode on things that I am loving so far of 2019, and it'll cover everything. It won't cover podcasts because I, I want to do a separate little show. That'll be my second show to talk about like my, my personal podcast musts of podcasts that I'm always listening to, but this is just going to kind of be things that I am loving so far this year. So what I am loving this year, I think I'm going to start with movies. So I go to the movies <clears throat> um, a decent amount, not as much as I used to when I was younger, but I still go a couple of times a month. Now, of course, I loved Endgame. That was a glorious three hours spectacular, but that came out months ago, and I feel the time uh, to talk about that is kind of past. I kind of missed the boat on that one. But I did just see Spider-Man Spider Far From Home, and I did really enjoy that. I thought that that was a really light and fun follow-up to Endgame, and I really enjoyed um, the character arc for Peter Parker. I think that it's going to, without any spoilers, I don't want to do spoilers, um, I think it's going to lead to some potential great storylines for Peter, and I thought that it paid a lot of respect to Iron Man in the episode, and I thought that there were subtle little hints that I thought were really good. Um, I just... I enjoyed it much more than I enjoyed Homecoming. Um, I also saw Toy Story 4 and I enjoyed it. I don't understand why people are kind of giving it like a, a pass. I think that it was a very nice follow-up. I don't know how you really follow up Toy Story 3 because Toy, Toy Story 3 is spectacular. The end scene where Andy's playing with his toys and then gives them to Bonnie rips my heart out every single time. Um, but I thought that it was nice. I thought that Key and Peele were hilarious. I would love to see, like, not a full-on movie by them, but I would love to see little shorts with Key and Peele with the duck and the, and the bear. I just, or Bunny. That would be hilarious. I think Forky speaks to the adults in all of us. 
and I, I just think that there was a lot more adult tones to this one than the previous three. I, I don't think that they should do any more. I don't think that they should try to expand the universe. I think that they gave it a, a very nice, sweet ending. They closed the, the, the arc for Woody, they, and they closed the arc for Buzzy and Jesse and all of the other ones. It was good. I enjoyed it. But I think that they need to stop. If they want to do little shorts, that's fine. But I don't think full-on movies need to be made anymore. Um, I also recently saw uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters, and again, I don't, I don't understand why people panned that movie. I thought it was great. I thought that the special effects of the monsters were extraordinary. Um, I am a very, very big Ken Watanabe fan. And the fact that he was in this just made me super happy. And so that might have made me a little biased of the film. But I also am a big Stranger Things fan. And I like uh, Millie Bobby Brown. So I'm glad that she was in it too. The story wasn't that great. It was a very basic story. But truth of the matter is, do you really go see Godzilla for the story? No, you go to see Godzilla to go look at the monsters and the monsters fight. That's why you go see a Godzilla movie. And those were the things that they really got right. Mothra, oh, whoever did the graphics for Mothra did a spectacular job. Mothra, the evolution of Mothra through the film was just, it was breathtaking. It was gorgeous. I loved every second of seeing Mothra on screen. And I, I liked all of them. I'm looking forward to the next part of that series. I was a fan of the first uh, King Kong Skull Island. I thought that was really great. So I'm wondering how they're going to do the next episode of that. Um, the last, well, one of the first movies I saw this year, and it just, it sticks with me so much, is Rocketman. So I... I loved, loved this movie. And for the life of me, I don't understand why people are comparing Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman. To me, they are two completely different films. And they're both great in their own right. Now, I am a huge Queen fan. I grew up on Queen. I remember buying my first Queen uh, album, uh, another one, the God, I don't remember the name of the album, but another one, Bites the Dust, was on it, and I remember that being like a big deal. Like, I loved them when I was like 13, 14. Big, big, big fan. And I thought that they did the story right. I thought that it was a great, uh, great story, but that was a music biop. That was the story of Freddie Mercury and his rise to fame and the rise to fame of Queen. Rocketman are the songs of Elton John creating a story. They're two totally different things. And I don't think that you should compare them. But some of the things that I loved about El uh, Rocketman were the sets and the costumes and the lead, the guy who played Elton John. Now, I am a very big fan of his, but I cannot pronounce his name correctly so I don't want to disrespect him and destroy his name 
but um, he was in the Secret Ser- the Kingsman Secret Service. He also was in Robin Hood. He did. Uh, he has a great singing voice. He was in that cartoon Sing, um, and he's got. He's gonna be. There's another Kingsman movie coming out too. That he, I think he's in. I don't I actually don't know if he's in that one, but anyway, so he plays Elton John, and yes, I will admit that in the beginning of the movie he doesn't quite look like him i'll give them that but his singing is on point the choreography of some of the songs are great jamie bell playing his partner such perfect casting i think that the movie was perfectly cast but once elton john like starts to lose his hair and gets a little older and the drug use kind of becomes more apparent in his life there's this shot where they go to do this you know large concert and there he's sitting at the piano and the piano is spinning and each spin there's a change in outfits and it's just it's spectacular to look at and I'm looking and I'm thinking is that Elton John because he looked exactly like Elton John in that swing around every single time and I it was just so so good and the music and the soundtrack the choreography the cinematography it all A's all across the board for me for that movie and I think that everybody if you are a fan of Elton John in my opinion I don't see how you could not like this movie now yes I've seen plenty other movies but at this moment I either didn't really care for them or you know I don't know maybe there's not enough to say about them good or bad now um, in the terms of books that I have loved I have read um, three well four actually really really great books but two of them I'm gonna do a separate episode on this particular author Frederick um, Backman, because I'd never heard of him before, before before I read A Man Called Av. So, I, you know, I've been a reader ever since I was a little kid. When I was a little kid, I used to read Sweet Valley High like it was nothing. Uh, it taught me how to skim read, <clears throat> because no matter, there was like hun- over a hundred volumes of that book, and be it episode book one or book 15 or book 45 or book 105 that author described all of the characters all of the time so if you've been reading since book one and you're on book 75 and she's still describing these twin girls and all of her friends you're going to stop reading those parts so i taught myself how to skim read so i i read a lot and you know, I, there have been authors throughout my life that I like, like Stephen King. I'm a big Stephen King fan when I was younger. It was Christopher Pike. I used to read a ton of stuff by him. But nothing really, like, spoke to me. Like, was counting down the days and searching to see when this an author was going to come out with a new book. Until probably, like, 20 years ago. I fell in love with Wally Lamb. I fell in love with Lisa C., one of the books I'm going to talk about in a couple minutes. Um, 
but that was it. Like, I have my guilty pleasures, like Nicholas Sparks, Elaine Hildegrand, but they write, you know, the same novel over and over again. Yes, I enjoy every single one, but, you know, it's the same novel over and over again. And then, you know, I was looking for a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for some books to read, and I was looking at, uh, I was at the, li the local library, and I saw a little blurb on one of the walls about a book called A Man Called Av. And so I go up to the librarian, I was like, hey, do you have a book called A Man Called Av? And she was like, no, but I'll get it for you. So I go, but I take out some other books, read them while I'm waiting for A Man Called Av. She calls me. Now I'm thinking it's a book from like this year. Come to find out, it came out in 2012. And I'm actually mad at myself for not reading this book and not being, because A Man Called Av was his first book. I'm actually kind of mad at myself for not knowing about this author sooner. Like, that is how impactful he has been to me. So I go and I, I read A Man Called Av, and it's simply put, it's about a grumpy man uh, whose wife passes away and him just being misunderstood. And it is by far one of the best books that I have ever read. And I just finished this morning uh, another book by him called My Grandmother Told Me to Tell You She's Sorry. Again, I thought that a man called, like, a man called Av was going to be his peak. Nope. This book, almost if not better, in my opinion. Um, and I will talk about those books a little bit more in detail. But getting back to Lisa C., uh, the first book I ever read by her was uh, Secret... Uh, Snowflower and the Secret Fan and I just I picked it up on a whim my girlfriends and I we were having a little book club and uh, the month before uh, another one of my girlfriends had picked Wally Lamb I know this much is true which I had never read anything by him and instantly loved him and I was walking around at Barnes and Noble and the cover caught my eye it was a green cover with a, a pretty floral fan and I, I read the the back of the book it seemed interesting and so I read it and I instantly loved how she wrote because to me what I enjoyed about her and what she always does is she'll take a piece of Japanese Chinese Korean history um, and craft this beautiful webbed story around it about these generally um, the matriarchs of the family are always women and her stories always are formed around strong women and I, I just I really enjoyed that last year or the year before I'll be honest I, I can't remember but I know that it's recent uh, she had a book called uh, The T-Bird of Hummingbird Lane and Oh, it was so good. It was so good. It was about these this real tribe who cre had this tree that created these tea leaves and this it's about the daughter that's part of this tribe and how her tea leaves she creates a tea shop and she about her love life and her children and how she leaves the village and comes back to the village and it's very very detailed but it's very very good but this very pa this year march of this year she came out with a new book 
called uh, The Island of Sea Women. And it is about an island of sea women, to put it mildly. But um, it's about a real culture of women that are dying. I don't think that they are around anymore or the people that are left are in their 70s or older. But these women were the breadwinners. It takes place during World War II, like around 1940s. But these women, they're divers. So the men, they stay home, they watch the, the, they watch the family, and then the women, they come, they, they start when they're real young, they're called baby divers. They dive, they catch fish, they catch coral, sea, anything that's in the ocean. And then they sell that for profit, and that's the income for the family, for the town. That's how they make money. And it's about how the, this, tri, this, this group of women they were everything to the town that they made their their town thrive and how it centers around the story of these two girls and how the diving affects them and their love life and their family life but it was it was really heartbreaking to read it and it was just it was really good and i i can't recommend it enough if you want to learn a little bit of history and get some fiction with it um some other books they are audiobooks, but so one morning uh, I get up really early and I, I like to sit and listen to, you know, some TV, flick through my phone, drink a heck of a lot of coffee. So there's nothing on in the morning, so I turned on Netflix and there was a, a special for Brene Brown. Now, I'm a pretty big fan of stand-up comedy. And I'll be honest, it was 5 a.m. I wasn't really paying attention. I saw a woman. It looked like stand-up, so I put it on. It was not. It was this uh, Brene Round. She does... She speaks. She's a public speaker. A, kind of a motivational speaker, but not really. Or at least I don't feel that she is. And it was about vulnerability. And how vulnerability affects us in our everyday life and I found it really fascinating and it was an hour long and she they kept she kept talking about all of her other books and all of her other TED talks and everything like that so I use these free I have a library card and when I want to listen to an audiobook I just use the library apps there's one called Hoopla there's one called Libby and then there's the original one overdrive but hoopla so i go on hoopla and i find a whole bunch of her audiobooks and i start listening to them i listen to daring greatly the power of vulnerability and rising strong i listen to all three of those uh over the course of like a month or two and they all talked about they were all you know her speaking to a group of women and they all talked about different aspects of vulnerability and whole heart living which is, you know, something that I, I try to aspire to every day. Because if you could be nothing else, be kind. I kind of live by that motto with Ellen, you know, be, you know, be kind. Because there's, there's no reason to be any other way. Um, so if you want to feel inspired, if you want to learn about whole heart living or spiritu spirituality or vulnerability, I would recommend anything 
by uh, Renee Brown. My favorite book by leaps and miles this year. I read on a, on a, on a whim because the cover of the book kept staring at me every time I went to the library. So <clears throat> there's this grab and go section in my library and you know you pick up the book you can only use it for seven days there's no like you can't um renew it it's seven days and gone so i go into the library one day and there's the cover daisy jones and the six and it's just the pr picture of this pretty girl um with big curly hair i go and i look at it i pick it up and i'm like i, I glance at the back and it's about a 70s rock band and i'm like nah put it down i go get a couple other books leave come back it's there again and I'm like all right leave it I go back I come back again and it's there again and I'm like okay every and it, normally it is never the same book on that grab and go shelf it is always different books never had I ever come back to the library three times and the the same book be on the shelf so the third time I went in I'm like okay this book obviously wants me to read it so I'm gonna read it and I am so happy that I did. Um, I have never read anything by the woman who wrote Daisy Jones and the Six, Taylor Jenkins Reid. I don't know if this was her first book or not, but wow, 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 wow. It got picked up for a Hulu or Amazon Prime, one of those, um, on demand streaming services just picked it up for a show and I can't wait and the funny thing now I know that she would be too old for this now but when I was reading so the book is about the rise and fall of a 70s rock band and a 70s singer and they kind of join forces together and it's about their rise and fall and it's done in an interview format and I legit thought that they were a real band uh, because I didn't know anything about the book prior to me reading it. I had never seen it before. I didn't know anything about it. <clears throat> so when I start reading this book, I'm thinking, why have I never heard of Daisy Jones and the Six? I, I'm pretty into music. 70s is a great decade. How do I not know this band? So I'm Googling Daisy Jones and the Six nothing's coming up but then a playlist comes up and but there's nothing by them and then I google it and I feel like a moron and I'm like I can't believe that I thought that this was a real band because that's how well she was writing about the people in the band like I believed her I believed everything that she was writing um but so I listened to this playlist while reading this book and it 100% added this spectacular layer to this book and it's a playlist that the author created for listening to the book so if you are going to listen or if you're going to read not audiobook if you're going to read daisy jones and the six it is an absolute must that you listen to this to her playlist be it spotify or apple music either one they both have it um you have to listen to the the playlist but Getting back to my point. I tend to ramble sometimes. I'm sorry. While I was reading, they described Daisy with this thick, 
red curly hair and all I kept thinking about was Natasha Lyonne from American Pie, Russian Dolls and Orange is the New Black and I just kept picturing her in this role the whole entire time I was reading the book. However, she is way too, like now, like Russian's Doll and Orange is the New Black, wrong Natasha Leon. American Pie, sure. And that's who I was picturing, like that version of her. But I'm very curious to see who they're going to cast to play um, Daisy Jones because they better have that Natasha, in, in my opinion, uh, Natasha Leon-esque vibe because I really feel like that would capture her the most. Now in the terms of TV, like what I've loved so far, um, I'm only going to talk about TV shows that I have like completed and watched the whole thing. Like I'm still watching Handmaid's Tale. There's still a couple episodes of Big Little Lies. Um, so they moved up. Now I know that I'm going to possibly do a whole episode on this because I really really need to vent about it but um and I'm 100 oh, so there will probably be ep separate episodes on these two but just really quickly so Veronica Mars was supposed to come out next weekend however due to Comic Con and Kristen Bell's birthday they moved it up and everything came out Friday and I finished it last night. So I watched all eight episodes. Uh, I'm, I'm still recovering from those eight episodes because, uh, man, they, they really, uh, they really got you. And it was a great eight episodes and I highly recommend it if you are a Marshmallow fan and, and watched all, you gotta have watched the whole series cause there's tons of throwbacks and even it's good to watch the movie which is fantastic, um, but I highly recommend the new season of Veronica Mars, and I'll go into details and spoilers and all that in a later episode. The other um, show that I watch in its entirety is Stranger Things 3. Uh, my boyfriend, like I had, I had binged Stranger Things, because I mean, it's everything. It's, it's a, a scary 80s flick, so it's the core. It's my core. <laughs> So, um, I remember being super duper excited about the first season, binged the first season really fast, binged the second season really fast, and I think my boyfriend and I got together just after the second season aired, and so, you know, there's such a long gap between the second and the third season, you know, I had made mention of it, asked him if he had ever seen it, and he was like, no, because he's not, he's totally not... He's much more the music junkie. He has me beat in music, for sure, hands down. Uh, and I run circles <laughs> with everything else. Um, so I said, you know, I think you'd really enjoy it. I, you enjoy horror movies. So I finally, after two and a half years, convinced him to watch Stranger Things. And so while we were on vacation, we, I, re, I watched season one and season two he watched for the first time and then we binged all of season three and all I will say about the the show right now is it was worth all of the wait in my opinion I thought it was spectacular um it didn't have that dead episode like season two did with the sister um but I really 
uh, man, I really enjoyed that episode. Um, in terms of music, so uh, most of my music listening, I'll be honest, is like 80s and 90s. I don't really do a lot of current music listening. I, I just, I'm not a fan. There might be a song here or there. But even the new music that I listen to is still almost 10 years old. My boyfriend, so I got us a subscription to Apple Music because he converted to an, uh, an iPhone. And it's, it's been a very big blessing for me because when, when we drive around, he plays DJ and I get to hear music that I probably would never hear because I don't listen to current music. I'm not going to... I've never heard of them. I'm not going to play them because I don't do the radio at all. Uh, it's a podcast or Apple Music. There is or a book. There is no radio. There is no use of the radio. I can't remember the last time I used the radio in my car. Um, but I I was introduced to and I apologize if I am saying this guy's last name wrong. Uh, is Ray La Montage L-A-N-M-O-N-T-A-G-N-E but he played I kept hearing like he kept playing him in the playlist and I kept hearing Jolene and Trouble um, I just kept hearing them over and over again and I kept asking him who is that guy who is that guy I just really enjoyed his his voice and to be quite honest he has a very 70s-ish vibe to him and I think that's why I kind of love him I feel like he's a 70s rocker like classic rocker um and so I I, I listen to I like to listen to music when I'm reading um and so I listen to his whole catalog over a couple of nights and I really enjoyed his first album, Trouble, from 2004. And I also really enjoyed Gossip in the Grain from 2008. Um, I thought that those were two beautiful CDs. And I loved all of the songs on it. I don't think there was one song that I didn't like on either one of those CDs. Whereas older CDs, there, there were a couple of tracks that I thought were okay. Um, but that's, that's really it on what I am loving so far in 2019. So I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and I hope that you come back for more. And until next time, have a great day.